It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. This week it is the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Another one of these tournaments with the Pro-Am element. And on a three-course rotation, Elk, some of the greatest courses that we see all year on the PGA Tour. But we need to go back very quickly to last week. Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines. I mean, did you have some sort of magic crystal ball that gave you insight? Bearing in mind, your picks last week were John Ram, Sahitha Gala, and Sam Ryder, who almost got it done. Yeah, it was. I can't believe that I finished up. Didn't actually win the tournament. Uh, my friend Stu Redson, who's the uh, chief marketing officer for the Phoenix Open, was out in out in San Diego on Sunday and played with Sam after he played. And he said, you know, Sam was awesome. He came. He was a little late to the tee. He'd had a celebration the night before about you know all the things that went on last week. He just said he'd never been in that much pressure before, and he he really realized that when. Um, uh, Amanda was interviewing his mother walking down like, the, the... It was a kiss of death. Kiss of... She jinxed him. <laughs> walking down the 14th fairway, he looked back, he saw his mother being interviewed, and he said he realised his friends later told him that his mother's hair was trending on Twitter, and he realised he realized that I'm going to the Masters, and he got maybe just got slightly ahead of himself, and he really didn't do too much wrong. Uh, he could have won that tournament, of course... Max Honma, who's turned into a real superstar player, played the last five or six holes, I think it was, or last seven holes, maybe the last back nine in, in three under par. So all hats off to Max Honma. We've talked about how guys dominate in California that are Californian guys that putt well on uh, Poana Greens. I've seen it with Marco Mira, won, I think, five AT&T Pebble Beaches. Tiger Woods, of course, wins everything in California. Um, Phil Mickelson, they just hit these putts so much firmer than I would ever do it, Diane. They're so wobbly out there, and the guys that grew up there, obviously, they know what they're doing. They've had to grow up on this poem and bumpy. They've got a, they've developed strokes that have more speed on the putts, can hold the line better, et cetera, et cetera. But 
yeah, no, it was an exciting week for us. We had a we had a fan of ours that that had money down on on Sam Ryder, and we're going to interview him, or you're going to interview him this afternoon and tell us how exciting because he cashed out for a large amount of money, Diane, in the middle of the tournament. Yeah, and he didn't know what to do. He's a, his name is Joey. He's a big fan of the Tour de Port, and he always picks our dark horses. So, um, yeah, he got a nice early cash out, but we'll talk to him a little bit later on. I've got so much that I want to hit on quickly, um, just going back to last week. Yeah, first of all, I had friends over. We were watching the final round on Saturday, and when Amanda started interviewing Sam Ryder's mom walking down the fairway, we were like, no, because the mom was getting, obviously, you know, very excited and she said she had two things on her bucket list one to see him hit a hole in one which she did see last year at the WM Phoenix Open and two to be there for his first win and she's like and I'm here I'm here for his first win and we're like oh that's it <laughs> for Sam um, well uh, Sam Ryder did tell my friend Stu that um, that when he had the hole in one last year at the Waste Management it kind of changed his trajectory of his of his career in a certain sense where everyone knew about that and his sponsors realized that and it, it sort of changed things for him so good for him he's got a great swing uh he plays well he's very organized in his golf I mean it wasn't a out of the blue pick for me Diane of course I'm always digging down into the tour to find these guys because they're not very far away as Max Honmer said, I think on after one of his second rounds, they asked him, what does he attribute all this good play to? And he said, he said, look, and I've been saying this to you forever. I'm only, I have one really good swing thought. Most guys out here are one good swing thought away from playing great golf. He said, I'm lucky I've, I've, I've worked on a few things and it's clicked for me and I've been able to hang in there with it. But it's all about the sequence, Diane. One thing here, here, whatever changes the sequence and gets guys synced back in. We've seen that. That that is very difficult for us to handicap because it's it's on the fly, moment to moment. However, if anyone is going to pick up these subtleties from from our ear next to the ground, Diane, we will, of course. Sam Ryder was um, 54 hole leader. So he was playing the final group alongside John Ram and Tony Finau. You know, you've got these two massive names. Obviously, we knew how much Tory Pines meant to Ram. If he got the win, he was going to get world number one, which he'd been very vocal about. Um, obviously, Tony Finau, who had been on a heater the day before, but they neither of them played great over the, the, the front nine. And... I think, you know, you kind of expected John Ram especially to have that fire and to really put the pressure on Sam. And it didn't really work that way. Do you think that maybe affected Sam a little bit in that you've got two guys who were not playing great? It was the opposite probably of what he expected. Could that have thrown it off a little bit? It could have. I mean, uh, Sam uh, Ryder did tell my friend that he was, there was a lot of pressure on him. He felt the pressure heavily the last two days. But uh, I also told, uh, for, for those that were listening to me uh, around here, I said that Sam didn't actually have, he was tied with the lead with through 68 holes of the tournament. He only had four holes to go and he was tied. He made double bogey, as you remember, on hole 15. He didn't need to hit that pitch shot and go over. He could have played left and made bogey there. I told Sam here, I said, bogey's okay here, double bogey's, the tournament's over. Make bogey at 15. He parred 16, hit a great shot. 
drive it in drive it in the fairway at 17 no matter what club you have to hit because then you'll have a medium to short iron to the green you could make birdie there pick up a part and then play 18 aggressively and as it turned out if he would have made bogey at 15 diane hit it in the fairway at 16 at 17 and maybe made birdie at 18 he, he still wouldn't have won but he would have won another five hundred thousand dollars or something so he's going to learn when he looks back that it really wasn't uh, that bad a finish for him. Mm-hmm. Just a couple of loose drives and the rough was very high, as you can see. Left himself in a poor position at 15 and 17, you know, et cetera. However, it was, you know, it was a very exciting week for us because we, not very often we get to uh, follow a dark horse pick, a 300 to one shot through 68 holes of the tournament. And all three of your picks finished within the top seven. You had Ryder and Tagala were tied for fourth and then Ram tied for seventh. So Elk knows what he's talking about. (laughs) Well, this week, you know, these non-elevated events are really getting kicked around, Diane, by the tour players. They are not, you know, it's, it's been this week's, tournament in particular is not a great field. Last week was not a great field. So in a certain sense, uh, it is quite easy to watch the cream rise to the crop to the top, so to speak. Uh, this week will be much the same. You know, we've we've seen California on the news all all uh all went along where they've had this tremendous amount of rain at Pebble Beach. We know that this week's not just going to be about these stats. Diane is going to be about attitude. They're going to play in cool weather. They're going to play in the rain. They're going to be playing with amateurs. They're going to be playing on wet golf courses. So we have to kind of factor all that in. Who's good at that? Who's there? Who's trying the hardest? Who we saw Ricky Fowler have a good week. He was on. He was the tournament's uh, host. You know, he represents uh, Farmers Insurance. Saw him play well. A lot of lot of attitude uh, in that pick. We know Jordan Spieth plays unreal golf at Pebble Beach. And he's also the headliner this week for AT&T. We've also seen Spieth lead the tournament in Hawaii a couple of weeks ago and missed the cut after the second round. And his game has been sideways off the tee. So we're going to discuss all that this week, Diane, and see what see what we can come up with this week. We have a lot going on. Um, last year, it was Tom Hoagie who got his debut victory on the PGA Tour. It was a bit of a showdown between Spieth and Hoagie. And then it was, what, a late slip from Spieth um, and Hoagie beat him by two. Last year, I remember as well, we saw that incredibly dangerous shot from Jordan Smith on the edge of the cliff, which in hindsight, he said was probably not the best idea. But... As I said, you know, we've got three courses that the guys are playing again this week. Um, Pebble Beach Golf Links, Spyglass Hill, and then Monterey Peninsula. And you talk about the weather, the, the Dunes course at Monterey Peninsula was just decimated at the, the start of the year because of all that rain. And, you know, it's actually a miracle that the guys are going to be able to play Monterey this year. Um so, as you say, all the rain they've had is going to affect things quite a lot. We're looking at three short courses, and, and Pebble in particular is known for having the smallest greens on the PGA Tour. Yeah, short uh, on the scorecard, that is. Long when you're hitting shots into the wind and the salty wind, there's a lot more friction on the ball on the coastline, Diane, a lot more particles of, of salt in the, in, in the air makes the ball go nowhere. So if you, you can't really have a long scorecard on long, you know, a long course on the scorecard. But 
Yes, the, the shot that Jordan uh, hit last year on hole eight was ridiculous. Kind of sums up his game to a certain extent. He's sort of always in danger, Diane, of doing something, but he always manages to pull himself out and was in there to the very end. Tom Hoagie, of course, one of the premier strikers of the golf ball, he has a couple of green boxes that I'm looking at this week. And, you know, that I've looked down this list. I've handicapped a, a lot this week, Diane, and I'm, I'm looking at two particular stats that we're going to talk about that I think suits you the best to play this, this week. Okay, okay. Well, we're back to, remember, another major course. Gary Woodland won the US Open here. Um, you know, talking about these major courses very quickly, going back to Max Homa. He's won now at Quail Hollow, at Riviera, at Torrey Pines. I mean, we talk about California courses, obviously, but... Twice um, in Napa, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, Homa's going to be, he should have a good year of him, especially a good year ahead of him, sorry, especially with uh, the US Open in LA in the summertime. So all eyes going to be on him. But um, back to Pebble. So we're going to give our picks. We've got outright favourites, ones to watch and dark horses. Now, obviously, you had a phenomenal week last week with your picks. And um, I have a feeling <laughs> that there could be a little bit of overlap between you and I this week, <laughs> which, to be honest, has given me that boost of confidence that I need after my picks were like this. <laughs> Well, you remember, you get on you get on runs just like I do, and uh, when we do our pre-production and we talk about who we're going to pick, some very rarely do we cross and pick the same player. But we did this week, and we're going to talk about why that happened. Uh, maybe a player that you weren't thinking about. But, Diane, as I start to handicap this uh, tournament, uh, you know, there's about 30% of this, uh, you know, recipe comes from these stats here that are in front of me. 30% of it comes into... How are these players mentally going to cope with the Monterey Peninsula? And then 30% sort of is this weather feature this week, which is windy. It's going to be raining, you know, dealing with all that, playing with amateurs, slow golf, maybe six-hour rounds. It all, it all. when you go to Pebble Beach, you expect all this sort of stuff to happen. So a lot of it has to do with attitude. I played in this event 25 years straight. I had the same amateur partner, Mr. Don Lucas. He has a house on the fifth hole there. and Diane, some of the rounds when it gets windy and cold and rainy and the amateur cannot get moving down the fairway fast enough, it becomes a hair-pulling-out moment for some of these tour players, and they literally just break in the middle of the week. Of course, that's not going to affect some of these ones that we're picking because we've factored all that in, Diane. Well, I'll just, you know, I'm, I'm not picking him this week, although I always pick him in my heart. It's my brother, Russell. He loves this tournament, um, has played great here, has had some really good finishes, I think two top 15 finishes. But, you know, no surprise, really, bearing in mind he grew up playing golf in Scotland. Um, so he he enjoys it. He loves the, the challenge of being out here, and especially when the temperatures do drop a little bit and that wind picks up. But um, the strength of field, I mean, it's going to come up. It's going to be talked about this week. We've got one within the world top 10, Matt Fitzpatrick, um, Victor Hovland is 11th in the world. He's playing Jordan Smith the 16th. I mean, those are really the headline names. Tom Hoagie, who's back after winning last year. But, you know, um, we talk about this a lot, but it, it's true. And this is the perfect week for it. It's a 
opportunity week. This is such a, a big week when, you know, the strength of the field maybe has dipped a little bit. It's up against the Saudi tournament on the DP World Tour this week, which, of course, we have um, a lot of the live guys playing and some names like Cameron Young, Cameron Champ have headed over there as well. But um, yeah, I mean, for someone i'm not going to give away my pick yet but for guys that are in good form that love playing here this is a, a real opportunity week for them yeah and you know my attitude going to pebble beach was lisa and i we love going to the monterey peninsula staying with the lucas family greatest off the course entertainment of all the tour events happens at monterey peninsula you can go to the lodge you can go down to carmel you've got all these beautiful taverns that have open fireplaces burning diane you know all this stuff you've been out there you've seen it all it's the Do most remember awesome what was we went to when we were there for the u.s when we went to a bar angie's we went to angie's breakfast place well we went there but remember the bar we went to and it was the older guy and he was singing all these frank sinatra songs and remember i was just in love he was so 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 good i've got videos on my phone of this guy just like singing in this bar the you're right the entertainment the vibe it was down at carmel valley ranch clint eastwood's uh bar it was where where that was um, i used to think diane about my golf at this tournament that i felt like if i could win at pebble beach i could win anywhere my attitude was if i could do it if i and i never did uh have a good finish at Pebble, maybe one or two top five in 30 years playing at Pebble Beach. But my attitude was, I'm going to push myself so hard to, to stay patient, hang in there, do what I'm supposed to do, because if I can win at Pebble Beach, I can win anywhere. It'll suit me. It'll it'll serve me well to play in the majors. It'll serve me well when things get tough and I can always point back. So that was my attitude going well, we were just talking about this, but last week we had one of our viewers of the Tour Report and one of our followers who got in touch to say that he had paid attention to Elk's dark horse pick of Sam Ryder. And wow, it was tense until the end. But Joey, you didn't have to wait until the very end to make your money. Talk us through, first of all, you know, obviously, you know, following the Tour Report and what made you go with Sam Ryder after Elk gave out the pick? Yeah, so I always listen to your podcast. Uh, I'm a big fan. I've always been a big fan of uh, Steve Elkington when he was with his Jim Rome days. So I kind of followed you guys from there. And I saw the 100 to 1, or and I'm like, okay, or 300 to 1, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah 300 <laughs> to 1. And I'm like, okay, well, let me, let me load up on him uh, just to see because he checked – just the putting in this course you had to be a good putter at. So I decided to do that and I added him into my DraftKings lineup as well. I was the only one in him uh, that picked Sam uh, for the DraftKings lineup too. So after the first day, I was good to go. I liked his pairing with Brendan Steele. I know they're good friends. And then I started talking about after the second day, I'm like, well, he's going to be playing with him, you know, after uh, the second day as well. So on the third day, I'm thinking, I'm contacting everybody. I'm like, you know, I'm reaching out to you guys like, what should I do? What should I do? And uh, lo and behold, I decided to let it roll because he was with Brendan again. Uh, mm -hmm. But then after that, uh, I kind of seen all the the big guys kind of creeping up the leaderboard. And I just uh, had a feeling it was time to cash out at the 6,400 uh, to do that. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, as we said, it was 300 to one. You had $100 on it. And um, 
the, the first two days were great. And when you get a guy like Sam, who's really high odds and a total outsider, especially for such a difficult course and, yeah. and for a, a tournament that, okay, we had Luke List win last year, but you've seen such big names. I mean, it's the Tiger Woods tournament and course, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. for him to have such a, a fantastic opening round, take the early lead, but then to keep it going again, in round two, which the days were all confusing. So by the end of Thursday for him still to be holding the lead. And then Saturday, it's so you had got in touch with us after the second round to say like, what should I do? Should I cash out? Do we think he's yeah, going to yeah. keep going? And we had put it out to our followers and everyone was like, you have to ride with it. You have to keep going. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, that was the big thing because I liked him that he was with uh, Brendan going into the third round. If it was somebody else with a little bit of pressure on there, uh, I would have probably been a little bit nervous. But everybody, all my friends, my golfing friends are all like, just let it go. It's only $100. It's only $100. And luckily, I had the DraftKings lineup, too, to kind of hedge. So yeah. I was still rooting for him to win the tournament because I still had uh, – I was the only one that picked him to do that for my DraftKings lineup. So uh, okay. nonetheless, uh, it was a fun – it was it was a fun weekend. It's a great tournament. It's one of my favorite tournaments. And uh, just by chance, I, I was listening to you guys, and I'm like, oh, I kind of like this pick. So I'm like, okay, I'll do it. So, yeah, so, so yeah. when you cashed out at the end of round three, were you on the fence? Or, you know, a big factor would have been when you saw the fact that he was playing with John Ram and Tony Finau, and we know how Ram feels about Tony Pines. His performance on Saturday really was quite a surprise for him not to come out fighting and really put the pressure on Sam. I'd said to Elk, you know, do you think that that had a detrimental effect on Sam's performance on Sunday in that, you know, you have these two massive names and they're just not playing up to their capability? Right. And especially with Rom's rounds in the second and third round mm. uh, to climb the leaderboard like that. And then you see Tony Finau, Max Homa, all the all the big guys for that tournament were there. I knew it was going to be pressure so i'm like okay i survived i survived the round <laughs> after round three I, i'm i'm like i'm just gonna cash out so it's done so, so yeah it was, it was an easier pick with seeing the uh, you know john rom and uh you know tony finau in his group because it's i i couldn't do it so i'm like yeah. <laughs> so you so yeah, so yeah. Uh, for your 100 bet you cashed out for 6400 Yes. Yes, I did. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And then that was it was good. I'm, I can't wait for your guys's picks this week. So I'll be yeah. waiting for those long shots. So, yeah. So, yeah. And how did you get on in your DraftKings lineup at the end? So of I ended up fourth for twenty five hundred. Um, oh yeah. If Sam would have birdied the last hole and if Heath Thigala would have eagled, I would have climbed up a little bit more. But not okay. having uh, Sam win, I could not win the ten thousand. So but it was good. That was a two hundred dollar okay. tournament into 2500 so yeah i'm not complaining fantastic yeah, week um so we have our picks coming out um, just in a little while today is there anyone that you're liking um, I, I already looked at my long shots and i already bet on brian gay um yeah. i don't know he's done well at this course uh both courses so he's got a little track history here so i'm interested to see who you all pick so yeah are you gonna spend your money on anything exciting you know, I, I I had a really good week because I do a lot of DraftKings um, and I just won a basketball tournament for five thousand dollars earlier on the week. Uh, I adopted a child from China and it was her gotcha day. And like five years ago, I won one hundred thousand dollars on DraftKings. It was on her gotcha day. And then I won this tournament. And it's the same time that I placed the bet for Sam. So it came out to be a pretty good uh, whatever January 25th is. It's just it's a day that's, uh, yeah, I'll be placing bets on that and doing everything else. So, yeah, um, no, it's 
I cast it out. It's pretty good. I have a big golf trip coming up. Uh, this is our sixth year. There's eight of us. We play 180 holes in five and a half days. So wow. in Arizona. So yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a um, fun little trip. It's uh so yeah, this will help with a little bit of money and you know, a little gambling money. So yeah. You bring tears to my eyes. You know how I, if you watch the show or listen regularly, you know what I'm like when it comes to, well, babies yes, yes. anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I have a special needs child. Uh, my son, Anthony, uh, he's 15 is he's in a wheelchair. doesn't walk, doesn't talk, but he's the, the, the love of my life. And then my wife and I decided to adopt from China uh, and she's seven. She'll be eight uh, March 12th. So, so yeah, we had, we picked her up uh, when she was 10 months old from China and she was left at a doorstep at five days old with her umbilical cord still attached to her. But whoever had her took care of her because they wrapped her up pretty good in a blanket because it was March uh, back in China. So it's cold there. So, but yeah, my story of everything with my son and everything, that's what brought us to Colorado Springs because I grew up in Ohio. But we moved here about two and a half years ago for my son, uh, for the medicines and everything he takes for his seizures and stuff. So, yeah. Well, you're all lucky to have each other. It really yes, is. That's, yes. that's amazing. And well, I wish you nothing but continued success. Oh, yeah. I'll be I'll be tweeting to you guys and everything else. And as soon as I get to my hotel in Charlotte, I'll be watching your podcast. So, yeah. Okay. And then on YouTube. Yeah. All, all right. right. Joey, all right. Thank you so much. We'll talk thank to you. you. Have a good, day. good luck to you. Right, well, let's dive into our picks then, and um, we will start with our outright favourites. Now, shall we just dive into the fact that this is where you and I had a clash, and I deliberately picked this guy because I thought, ah, he's not going to be on the top of everyone's list. He's a, a little bit under the radar, um, not a big, like, superstar flashy name. However, when I was diving into the stats, I'm like, this is telling the story. So I was very proud of my pick of Andrew Putnam, and then you were like, I picked him too. <laughs> so let's both give our reasons why. But as I said, it's given me quite a bit of confidence knowing that that's who you were looking at too. Well, hardly anyone knows who Andrew Putnam is. We can go through his stats if we like. But when I started to handicap this field, Diane, on this 30% portion of this recipe we're talking about, I, I looked at, at Jordan Spieth's record. You can you can read out uh, the last 10 years that he's played here, but he's yeah. – it's. it's it's just incredible how good he played. And I, I looked at the stats uh, on our little sheet this week and I picked out, how does Jordan Spieth do it at Pebble Beach? Well, we know he doesn't drive it miles, like forever. You know, we, we know he's not in every fairway. But two stats really stand out for me, Diane. One is greens and reg. And the other stat that we pulled in this week was putting from inside between 5 and 15 feet because we always see Jordan pitch it up there, make a 10-footer to keep the round going. So I took those two stats, Diane, those two green boxes. The green means great in here. Red is is is, is not good. Um, I took those two green boxes and found out who else has two green boxes in those two categories, who's likely to do something. And, of course, Andrew Putnam has the best two green boxes in those categories. He's playing great golf. He played good here. He's played good everywhere lately. You can talk about that if you like, but uh, Andrew Putnam is a very solid pick. I'm glad you're on him because I had so much love coming my way last week, Diana. I almost felt sorry for you sitting back there with your picks. I'm going to pick Victor Hovland, who won the U.S. Amateur here. He also has two very nice green boxes, one in putting and one in total putting and one in Green's in reg. He won the U.S. Amateur. He's from Norway. It will be Norwegian weather this week, Diane. It won't worry him. So there's our top two for you. 
Okay, well, Victor Hovland is 11 to 1, so one of the favourites. Andrew Putnam way higher at 30 to 1. So I'm sticking with him. I'm claiming him as my outright favourite this week, um, even though you've definitely got one eye on him too. But um, for all the reasons you gave, he finished tied for sixth at this tournament last year. And I was looking at um, best scoring averages around the courses, and he's within the top 10 at Monterey Peninsula. Loves playing here. Um, you talk about his form he hasn't missed a cut since july last year how unbelievable i mean so consistent um his stats are great he has had two top tens a runner-up at the zozo t4 at the sony open in hawaii um i know the conditions are going to be very different but still you know a real kind of coastal course where you have to think about everything else that's going on by the water so yeah he was for me it was a no-brainer and then when we did our re-ranking of the field with our algorithm he jumped all the way up to third so 30 to 1 let's, let's hope let's hope let's hope this is a uh, unveiling of andrew putnam to our people that watch us this week diane because nobody is looking at andrew putnam except his family and friends i was also looking at maverick maverick mcneely he's not my pick of course i'm going with hovland but he lived on the golf course grew up joseph bramblett him and him and maverick played golf together at stanford uh, they know this weather very well. They they practiced in the rain at Stanford. They uh, Maverick has family, has a house on this golf course. He's played well here before. He's like the first in the category of five to ten footers. So I almost leaned on the Maverick McNeely train this week, Diane. But I'm going to go with Hovland. Your Hoagie, of course, has the two green, the magic green boxes, and of course, this will be posted on uh, SG Tour Golfing app if you would like to uh, come on and look for your ideas but um how, yeah. how lovely for maverick mcneely oh yeah my family has a course at pebble uh, my family has a house on the course at pebble i mean what a lovely way to grow up if you're and he's, you're and he's playing well too yeah yeah okay then so those who we're looking at those are the names at the top and um, we'll move on to our ones to watch so slightly higher odds and this guy before i even looked at stats at course history tournament history our re-ranking um i knew i was going to pick him because of the magic he got married or he's having a baby had, or... a baby had a baby just about two weeks ago joel damon became a father for the first time remember i was going to pick him for the american express and he withdrew that week because the baby was on the way so little boy called riggs was born on the 19th and joel damon is back in action do you know he actually hasn't played this calendar year um, but when you look at the season, considering we have that, um, you know, wraparound, he's had three top tens in his last three starts, which is fantastic. Um, he's good friends with Max Homa. And we saw Max just win after having his little boy, Cam, who was at the course. So I don't know, maybe they I think that they're obviously like great friends. Um, a revitalized sense of happiness in life and a bit of perspective as well. But Joel Damon has really good history here, especially on Spyglass Hill, really good scoring average. Last year, he finished tied for sixth. In 2020, tied for 14th. Um, I look back at his stats, actually, from his uh, T6 last year, and it was the his putting that let him down. He's great greens and regulation approach around the green, but his putting has actually really been improving, um, which 
will go towards those three top tens already this season. So Joel Damon at 40 to one, he's gonna be my one to watch. And he jumped all the way to number two in our re-ranking this week. Well, you know, in horse racing, Diane, you never bet on a horse that's coming off a long spell the first week out. So that would be why I'm looking, not looking at Joel Damon, although I agree with everything you just said about him. And I throw in that he grew up in California and he puts well on the bumpiest, spongiest greens in the history of the world, which is going to be Pebble Beach. One year we played out there with so much rain, the amateurs are stomping all around the hole. We were talking about if you can make all your putts from this far this week, you're going to win the tournament because it was just a nightmare. Um, now, Joel, Joel, Diamond, Joel Damon is great value. I'm looking a bit further down the list, Diane. I'm at more like 80 to 1 on this young man. He's. I'm looking at the boxes. I'm looking at a guy that has green boxes across the board, drives it uh, in the top 50, uh, greens in reg, top 50, putting top 10. Yeah. Uh, only played in this tournament one time, tied for 33rd last year, Grayson Sieg. Hasn't been super hot on this West Coast, Diane. Cut last week, 48th, 15th, 42nd, 11th. But I'm seeing enough action there to pick him this week as my one to watch. Um, you know, when you get these young guys that have the opportunity, as you spoke of, um, coming to a course like Pebble Beach, there's, there's sometimes, you know, Jordan is playing with uh, probably the president of AT&T. Uh, Charlie Hoffman is playing with the president of waste management. So sometimes it forces a player up the list to play really well. Um, I'm hoping for that for Grayson Sig this week, Diane. I've got him at 90 to 1 uh, sitting on my board here as my one to watch. Um, if you want me to give you a name with slightly higher odds than 40 to 1, I was also looking at Ben Griffin, who's 70 to 1. Hasn't missed a cut since the Fortinet at the very start of the season. Um, Bermuda Championship, he finished third in October um, 12th at the Sony Open a few weeks ago. And, you know, we said that on the scorecard, these courses are shorter. The weather's obviously going to have something to say about that. But you know, precision, kind of shorter layout, good greens and reg, good approach. You know, we're looking at Bermuda and Sony being as a little bit compatible in that sense. So, yeah, Ben Griffin, 70 to 1. I kind of like that this week too. I like Ben Griffin. Do you know another guy that I've never seen swing, and I've seen his name, but has the two nicest boxes that we've already talked to green boxes, is a guy named Alex Smalley. Okay. Could you tell me about Alex Smalley for me? Yeah, I'm familiar with his name, but let me give you uh, some some easy, good information about 27th him. 27th currently in the FedEx Cup. 16th, uh, sorry, 36th on the tour in greens and reg. 12th, almost top 10 in putting inside of five, five to 15 feet. Yeah. Uh, had some good West Coast action already. And I don't, know, I don't know much about Alex Smalley. He, uh, he's from Greensboro, North Carolina. That's where, well, he was born in Rochester, New York, but he lives in Greensboro. Went to Duke University. He turned pro in 2019. Uh, he's six foot, 26 years old. Let's see what's been going on with him lately. As you say, 27th in the FedEx Cup, which is pretty nice. Um, the PGA Tour app has changed, so it takes a little bit longer to find everything that. Well, that's okay. We'll just we'll just earmark 
Smalley in everyone's mind this week, Diane, to think about him as we as they go, oh, they talked about him in the show. Yeah. So Okay. Yeah. Learn Normally little. you're gonna you're gonna try to wiggle wiggle your way out of a, a long shot bet here for for a hundred to one. Okay. Here's the thing, right? This guy, there's a bit of uh, a bit of disparity when it comes to my dark horse pick. So some people have him at seventy to one. Some places have him at a hundred to one. So if you want to go and find him at a hundred to one, you can do. So I'm not really cheating. He is out there, available at 100 to 1 as we are recording this show. So I'm sticking with him. Do you want me to dive right in? Yeah, I do. I really do. I want you to. Lanto Griffin is my dark horse. Now, he was forced to take a long break after it was from last summer. He had some sort of disc injury and had to have surgery. So he's been in rehabilitation pretty much, you know, for half of last year. And he is back with a vengeance, made his return at the Farmers last week and played well. He finished 37th, final round 77. So that just kind of derailed him and pushed him down. But he'd opened with a 67. So that shows me that, you know, things are things are starting to fire in the right direction. He likes this tournament. So I think the Farmers, obviously, like really long, tough course last week at Tory Pines. And he's going to take a lot of positives away from that. Now he's coming back to a place where he finished. He's finished ninth here before. He finished 16th. Um, so he loves it here. And I think that this is going to be a good week for Lanto Griffin to fully return to form on the PGA Tour at 100 to 1. <laughs> he's my dark horse pick. Allegedly. Um <laughs> My dark horse, as you know, how successful I was last week, Diane, I've got an even better one this week for you. Well, yeah, pressure's uh, on. My uh, dark horse pick, uh, after all my success last week, could be even better this week. It's 110 to 1. Now, the reason I can look at the stats, he's got the green that I'm looking for. This is way down on the D, on the D board on our sheet, Diane, rookie. Um, but I've had two of my friends who played with this young fella out at Palm Springs, call me and tell me that they that he's going to be a better player than I was. Okay, that's fine. And I've had two amateurs that saw him play in Palm Springs both called me and said, you got to get on this guy. Kevin Yu from China is having a tremendous start to his season. I think it's his rookie year, by the way. But everyone that's calling me is, is, is all my feelers are out, Diane, telling me about this kid, Kevin Yu. And you're going to tell us about him. Well, let me have a little look because you're right. When I see, I mean, he's, when we did our re-ranking, he jumped all the way up to 21st, which is excellent. And um, you talk about those green boxes. He is 24th in greens and reg. So that's definitely his strong stat and going to be important this week. Um, very accurate, precise hitter as well. He's been having an all right season. Let me get what he's been doing here. But uh, 44th at the Farmers, missed a cut at the Amex, 21st at the Sony. So this is going to be his fourth event of 2023. Went to Arizona State. That's where he lives. John um, Graham country. Mm -hmm. 
I'm sure he's going to be looking forward to the WM Phoenix Open next week as well. 24 years old. He turned pro in 2021. Um, and as you say, this is his um, rookie year on the PGA Tour after finishing in the top 50 in the Corn Ferry Tour last year. So there you go. What else do you want to know? I had one of my friends that played with him in the Bob Hope Classic, one of the amateurs, told me that they that my friend would give me one stroke aside against uh, Kevin Yu and wow. he would put up... Yeah, and uh, I said, well, I'm 60 years old. Give me a break. But he goes, no, no, no. I'm talking about when you were playing good. That's how good he is. So we'll see, Diane. But Kevin Yu is my new horse that I'm riding this week on the long side of things. Okay, I tell you, your friends have to be pretty confident in Kevin's game if they're immediately coming up to you and saying he could beat you in your heyday because that's <laughs> well, a, we're gonna that's find a out. strong statement. <laughs> I guarantee <laughs> there'll be some people climbing on Kevin Yu after they see this show. Yeah, that's good. Um, and as you say, 110 to 1. So my three picks this week are Andrew Putnam. That was going to be mine, so I'm, I'm taking half of that. No, I'm not. <laughs> Okay, Joel Damon and Ben Griffin I'm looking at as well. And then my dark horse is going to be Lanto Griffin. You've got Victor Hovland up top. In the middle, you're going with Grayson Sig. Who was the other name that you mentioned? Well, I'm just going to do my three, Grayson Sig and then Kevin Yu. I was saying that there were some other players that I think we, we shouldn't start to watch. Alex Smalley and Maverick McNeely, we both spoke of, but I'm, I'm sticking to my three. Um, and, you know, the opportunity for us, of course, is to unleash a couple of these young players that people will get interested in. Of course, Diane didn't know much about uh, Sam Ryder other than he made the hole-in-one last year at um, at the Waste Management, and that got him way up the board now. Everyone knows Sam Ryder, which is great. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he, not how he bounces back, um, as he says, he, had, he was saying to your friend he was really feeling the pressure over the weekend and um, played great on the Friday and it'll be interesting to see how he takes that forward for the rest of the season when he's obviously playing some really really great golf right now yeah and um, you know next week we go back to the waste management I'm going to the tournament I'm going out there next week I don't know if I'll uh, be on site or not to do the show I'll be doing the show I just don't know if it'll be on site to do it with yeah. you of course Back to an elevated event. The field is absolutely stacked. The tour has a pretty sizable problem, in my opinion, Diane, between these elevated, non-elevated events. $4 million next week uh, for the winner. Massive event out in the desert, of course, followed by the Super Bowl on Sunday. So um, is it a Wednesday start next week or is it? Well, uh, no, no, no. Back to Thursday. And then um, with the Super Bowl being in Arizona as well, that's going to be insane. I went to the... Um, WM Phoenix Open last year for the first time and my husband and I were like wow remember last year we were young carefree people having fun out in Scottsdale and this year we're going to be at home on the couch watching it with the baby <laughs> things change Diane as you know for the best for the best right thank you very much for watching we're keeping our fingers crossed for another one of Elk's dark horse successes and we'll be back with the tour report next week for the WM Phoenix Open Sports Social Podcast Network